Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Today, we are going to be looking at a story from the life of Daniel that everybody knows. This is like in every children's Bible and every class at, at, at church or school that talk about the Bible. It's Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel chapter 6. Darius the Mede has recently come into power there in Babylon, and his governors and presidents decide to create a test of loyalty for the people. But is that really their motive? Do they really have the kingdom's best interest at heart? Find out as I talk about Daniel in the lion's den. Today, we are going to be looking at the book of Daniel, chapter 6. We're going to be continuing where we left off last time. Last time, remember, we had Daniel chapter 9, and Daniel had prayed because he felt like in Daniel 8 that God was saying that it would be a long time before he would bring his people back home out of Babylon. And finally, Gabriel came after 13 years and had interpreted to him the dream of, of what he had, he had had envisioned in, in chapter 8. Well, if you recall at the beginning of chapter 9, it says Darius the Mede had taken over the throne. Now, you recall that Belshazzar, the last king of Babylon, he had been conquered by Cyrus, the king of Medo-Persia. Now, Cyrus was busy uh, conquering further countries, and so he left Darius the Mede as king of Babylon, where Cyrus was the king of the entire empire, and Darius was king of just Babylon. And so he took over for a couple years while Cyrus was off conquering. And so that's how we have Daniel chapter 6. That's the setting that it begins with. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 1 says, After Darius took the throne in the city of Babylon, he divided the country into 120 provinces and appointed a governor over each. I'm reading from the Clear Word Bible. It's a paraphrase that we have been going through the book of Daniel with. Verse 2. He also appointed three presidents, including Daniel, and put each one in charge of 40 of these governors to make sure that his government would not suffer any loss of revenue. Soon, Daniel distinguished himself above the others, and the king appointed him as head of the presidents and even considered putting him in charge of the whole kingdom because of his good attitude and sound judgment. Or sound management, excuse me. So here we have, <laughs> seems like Daniel does this over and over again where he ends up getting put in charge of stuff because he's so faithful to God and he does his job so well. And so Darius breaks up the kingdom, uh, gives 120 um, rulers or, or, or governors over each, each of these, and then he puts three presidents in charge of them. So Daniel was one of these in charge of 40 of these governors, and then he ended up distinguishing himself, so the king made him in charge of the other presidents and considered putting him in charge of the entire kingdom. Well, verse 4 says, much understandably, so the other presidents, with their sympathetic governors, tried to find some fault with Daniel, some negligence on his part which they could complain to the king about, but they found nothing. 
Daniel was loyal to the king and faithful and honest in everything he did. They said, We have to find a fault of some kind with Daniel, or the king will put him in charge of the whole kingdom. Since we can't find fault with his work, we'll have to find it with his religion. Now remember that Daniel was a worshiper of the God of heaven, the, the, the Jewish God. And he had remained faithful to him all through his life. Daniel is an aged man now, probably in his 80s. And he's late 70s, 80s, somewhere in there. And, uh, and so these, these Medo-Persian governors and, and presidents, they say, hmm, he has a different religion than we do. We're going to come up with a way to trap him with that. Verse 6. So the two presidents and these governors asked to see Darius the king and said to him, May your majesty live forever. All your presidents, governors, counselors, and other officials feel that a loyalty test should be given to the people to see whether or not they support you. It would be good for your majesty to issue a decree that for one month, no one should bring their petitions to any god or man except the king. Anyone who does should be thrown into the den of lions. We've drawn up the decree and simply request your signature. Only then will it become one of the laws of the Medes and Persians, which can never be changed. Darius was flattered with the idea, so he signed the decree. Now you might be wondering, why in the world would Darius even consider this? Isn't that kind of a silly idea, have people pray to you? But you remember, in ancient times, and we see this quite a few times throughout the Bible, kings were often treated like deity. In fact, the, the king of Babylon was one of the gods of Babylon. Same thing with Egypt. The king of Egypt was one of the gods of Egypt. And, and so, oftentimes, these kings were treated like deity. So, it was nothing out of the ordinary to have people pray to the king. And this was an excellent way to test loyalty. Darius is a foreigner. He's a Mede coming in to Babylon. Uh, Cyrus had just overthrown the kingdom. And, uh, and, and it would be a good idea to have some kind of test of loyalty. And this one just seemed to make sense. You know, let's have people ask their petitions, not from other people or, or gods or kings, but strictly from you. And they, they even threw in a, a nice little incentive. You know, what, what else would you do with a traitor, someone who was not loyal to the kingdom? You'd get rid of them, right? And what better way than in the lion's den? It was a foolproof plan. And the king didn't suspect a thing. He thought that what they were saying was true, that they really did just want a test of loyalty. But they had an underlying motive because they knew that Daniel wouldn't pray to the king. Verse 10. Daniel recognized the motive of these men. Daniel's smart. He knows this. He had always prayed three times a day and everyone knew it. When he heard that the document had been signed, he went home to his upstairs room, opened the windows facing Jerusalem, and, as his custom was, knelt to pray and praise his God as he had always done. Mm. What kind of faith is that? That you're told not to pray, and the first thing you do, it says as soon as Daniel heard that the document was signed, 
he went straight up to his house to pray. And you know, sometimes as I read the story, I, uh, I I think that Daniel would have been wiser to um, to pray in his closet to begin with instead of starting this precedent of opening his window. <laughs> it makes no sense. But if you think about Israel and you think about the Jews, they would pray to the direction of the temple. And uh, it goes back to Solomon's prayer when he dedicated the temple so many years before. He had said, um, you know, should anyone may after if we displease you, O God, and, and you disperse us among other nations, if we turn back to this place and pray and confess our sins, then forgive us, hear from heaven, forgive us, and, and bring us home. And so Daniel had done that ever since he had ended up in Babylon. He remembered the words that had been passed down to him of what Solomon had prayed there in his dedicatory prayer of the temple, and he would face, open his window facing the temple in Jerusalem, now destroyed, but he would face it, and he would pray and ask for forgiveness and humble his heart before God, just as Solomon had said. So that's what he did. And three times a day, he did this. And it says that as soon as he knew that this document was signed, he went and continued his tradition. When we have trouble, when we hear of people plotting against us or hear people talking behind our backs, what's your reaction? Is your first reaction to go to God and to pray? It should be. And that's the, that, that's the lesson we can see here in, in Daniel. Well, what was happening as Daniel decided to do this? Uh, verse 11 Daniel's enemies were watching him, so they could testify that they had personally seen him praying, taking his petitions to the God, to his God, which was now against the law. Then they went to the king and said, Your majesty, didn't you sign a decree that for thirty days no one should take their petitions to any god or man except you? Wasn't the purpose of this decree to test people's loyalty to you and to the empire, and if they broke the law, they would be thrown to the lions? The king said, Yes, I did. And according to the tradition of the Medes and Persians, once a decree is signed, it cannot be changed. Then Daniel's enemies said to the king, so they're basically tightening tightening the noose, and here they pull. Your majesty, the man Daniel, the first of the three presidents, is a Jewish exile brought here from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar. He pays no attention to your decree, but prays to his God three times a day. To make it worse, he does it before an open window in defiance of you, your majesty. Now, we don't know how many people were actually accusing Daniel. Um, I don't know. It, obviously, when they first went to, um, to the king and, and gave him this idea, it says that all the governors and all the presidents uh, were behind this, but that obviously wasn't true because Daniel wasn't. So I don't know that all 120 and plus the two presidents, all 122 went to the king each time. It may have just been a few that were really jealous, and they tried to include everybody else to make it sound like a better plan, but it's probably just a small delegation. And so they approach the king, and they remind him about his law, and then accuse Daniel of breaking it. Verse 14, When the king heard this, he was terribly upset about what had happened. 
For now he saw that the whole thing was a plot to get Daniel out of the way and to keep him from being put in charge of the whole kingdom. The rest of the day the king tried to find a way to get around the law, but he couldn't. At sunset Daniel's enemies came to the king and reminded him, Your majesty knows that the law of the Medes and Persians can't be changed, and that a decree signed by the king must be carried out. Daniel was smart, and he realized that <laughs> he had been tricked, that, that his counselors, his wise men, well, his, his governors, his presidents, that they were just jealous, and they were doing this not for any benefit to him or the kingdom, but for their own benefit. But he can't come up with a way. And so verse 16, we hear Daniel chapter 6, verse 16, says, Reluctantly the king ordered his guards to arrest Daniel and bring him to the palace. When he arrived, the king spoke with a heavy heart, saying, Daniel, I have no choice but to have you put into the den of lions. But I believe that the God whom you so faithfully serve will watch over you and keep you from harm. So at sunset, they lowered Daniel into the lion's den, rolled a stone over the mouth, and covered the edges with clay. The king pressed his seal into it, and his officials did likewise, so that no one would break the seal, either to rescue Daniel or to kill him by some other means. So, much to the king's reluctance, he follows through. But, he says, I believe that the God whom you serve so faithfully will watch over you. Verse 18, Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting and worrying about Daniel. He refused all entertainment, even though he could not sleep. Early the next morning, at the first sign of dawn, the king got dressed and hurried to the lion's den because he wondered if Daniel's God had been able to protect him. When he got there, he called out anxiously, Daniel, servant of the Most High God, was your God able to save you? I think I should just like pause there. Maybe we should end the episode here. I don't know. What, what's going to happen? The suspense is killing me. Verse 21, from the den came Daniel's answer. Your majesty, live forever. My God has sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me. He knows that I am innocent and that I am also loyal to you. The king was overjoyed and ordered his guards to throw a rope to Daniel and pull him out. When Daniel came to the surface, they examined him and didn't find even a scratch on him because he had trusted his God. You know, this is where usually the bedtime stories and the, and the kids' books end. But the story continues. Verse 24. Then Darius ordered Daniel's enemies, who had accused him of disloyalty, to be thrown into the den of lions, along with their wives and children. Before they touched the bottom of the den, the lions pounced on them, crushing their bones. Next, the king dictated the following announcement to all people in his kingdom. Peace to every one of you. I am making a decree that throughout my kingdom, men and women should show respect for the God of Daniel. His God is a living God and will be so forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his sovereignty will never end. He is able to save anyone he wants, and he does miraculous things in heaven and on earth. He shuts the mouths of hungry lions to save his servant Daniel. Then Daniel was restored to his position and served during the reigns of Darius the Mede and Cyrus the Persian. So in the end, as we have seen over and over again through the book of Daniel, Daniel 
is is um, promoted, he's exalted, and God is glorified. And <laughs> Daniel's enemies, God's enemies, paid the price that they deserved because of what they had done. So just remember, don't let pride take over your life. Trust God, as Daniel did, and he will exalt you. Oh, may we all have the faith of Daniel and the courage that he possessed to follow God no matter what. I want to thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can find us online at faithandhoperadio.com, on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and a good review. Uh, music was provided by Dexter Britton under the Creative Commons license. Like us on Facebook and uh, stay tuned to that feed and you will find out about upcoming episodes as well as um, find links to episodes in the past. Hope you have a wonderful day and until next week, have faith and hope.